quit searching for the next quick, easy way. Because you know what? Every single one of them, every single strategy you're going to learn is going to take a while to master. Welcome to another episode of the Unstoppable Woman podcast. I am super excited to bring to you today a fabulous guest. Edna Keep is my guest today, and she is, I'm going to call you a real estate mogul. She has <laughs> done amazing things with, my, uh, with real estate, and we were talking just now before we went live about our commonality with mindset. So we are going to really dig into that intersection and how she's worked her mindset to really grow an extraordinary real estate uh, portfolio and, and really, you know, quite an extraordinary story, which I'm going to hand over to you in a moment, Edna, around, you know, where you started and where you are now. I think my, my audience really loves the story, loves to understand what it takes to go from quite frankly, a a challenging beginning or an ordinary beginning to exceptional success, both on the financial side and, and holistically with your, your life. So welcome to the show, Edna, super happy to have you here on the Unstoppable Woman podcast. Thanks for having me, Amir. It's my pleasure. Totally. Great. Okay. So that was my little lead up. I know your story, but why don't you tell uh, the, the women listening where you started your journey? You can pick as early as you want, but sure. I know there, there were some pretty salient moments in your life that, that, that turned things for you. It it was. So I became a single mom at the age of 16. So that was probably one of the biggest defining moments in my life. And I always say, you know what, I probably wouldn't be where I am today if I hadn't had some early challenges like that to grow through. Um, And uh, so so kind of the, the worst of times turned into the best of times, but you don't see that at the time. You know, I, I still to this day feel like I have, three, I have four daughters and I tell them, like, do not have a child young. Like, it's so hard and so hard. And but you know what? I, I, I think that that's what brought me to where I am today. And, you know, when I was a single mom, I lived in subsidized housing and I had her going to subsidized daycare. So it was totally different from, uh, from my two youngest girls, because my youngest girls were born uh, much later. And like the lifestyles were like night and day, right? And uh, it, it's so much nicer to have money and the time freedom and everything else to do and, and, and be able to do also what you love to do. Um, and that, that's kind of the biggest, those biggest defining moments. Um, but what took me to real estate was I was actually a financial advisor. I considered at that point in my life, I was as successful as I was ever going to be. I loved what I did. I was making about 250000 a year, which was a big deal from somebody who used to make like like out of high school for the first eight years of my life, I think I was making like 14,000 a year, just to kind of give you an idea of the difference. We're going from there to, to where I went. So let's um, stop there for a second. Sure. So you, you're out, you're, you're single mom at 16. You're just out of high school and you're making $14 an hour. How do you go from, cause there's, there, there were some lessons there to go from four, a lot of people don't move beyond the 14 hour dollar an hour job like how did you go from $14 an hour to 250 which is which is a big leap right like most people would be as you said like that's great that's stunning 
And, and I, I felt like that. And then, you know, I find, actually found myself stuck there for about eight years too. But, you know, how, how it came about is um, it, it was a frustration in my life. And uh, I kept having people tell me at earning this 14, it was actually 14,000 a year. Um, you got to learn to live within your means. And, you know, and I thought, you know what, if I'm going to learn something, I don't learn how to be rich. I don't want to learn to live within my means. It's probably the same learning curve. That's fantastic. One's like this and one's like this, right? You, and, you uh, had that as a very coherent thought. You remember thinking that? I love that. Yeah. You and, know, that's, and, these are the things, I just want to point this out. Sure. If, if, if you're listening to this and you, in it, trigger something. Yeah. I had a thought like that, maybe not the same one, but that, that, huh, like pay attention to those. I don't want to do it that way. That's not, that doesn't sit with me, that little bit of outrage and mm -hmm. see what you can do with it. Because that, that was a turning point thought for you. Yeah. And, and it didn't turn quickly, but I just remember thinking like, there's gotta be a better way. <laughs> like, I don't want to live my life like this. I want something different. And for a long time, I listened to the people around me, like, what do you expect? You know, you just got your grade 12. You couldn't go to university. You're a single mom. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do this. Until I just got to the point where I was just tired of people telling me what I couldn't do. And I just started doing stuff, whatever that happened to be. I started taking some correspondence courses because I couldn't quit a good job to do nothing. I had a kid to support. I couldn't just go back to school or, you know, there was different things like that, but I could uh, do things on the side. I could study on the side. I could take courses. And, you know, when I started to study to be a financial advisor, which was a big step, um, I did it on evenings and weekends, working a full-time office job. I was working as an office administrator and on evenings and weekends, I, I was training to be a financial advisor. You had a and, little hustle um, there. Yeah. There are side hustles. Cause you know, there was no such thing as giving up one to do another. Mm -hmm. uh, at, at that point, I had no other financial support nobody else to to back me up and and it was a big deal even at that time Amir because when I was first approached about getting into financial services I had to get licensed and there were the course was like 300 bucks or something silly like that and I had no money to pay for that and my the guy who who brought me in he said well how about I'll help you. And then when you make your first sale or two, you can just pay me back. And I said, oh, well, that works. So I got all gung-ho and made it happen. And, uh, you know, within about five years, I was way ahead of the fellow who had the 300 bucks. Like that's when I got into uh, financial services full time. So let me ask you a question around that. So a lot of people, they're given a gift like that. They're given an opportunity like that. And one, they say no. Okay. They, they, they don't, receive the help yeah. or they don't follow through on it. Right. Like there is this thing and, and maybe you, you and I maybe don't relate to this, but I'm sure you've seen some version of this in your life where dad pays for the child to do something or mom sets someone else up and, or you get this gift and then you don't actually take advantage of it. You don't, you don't work it. You don't, you're not all in yourself. Yeah. And what, what do you think was your differentiating factor? Like, why were you someone who, if one said yes to the help and two went all in and didn't just blow it off? 
Well, I was hungry. Like I wanted more. There was a reason I, I applied for this position. And uh, I, I just got excited listening to it, thinking, you know what, that's something I could do. I could learn that on the side. And so, you know, I was kind of disappointed when I realized there was going to be a cost, but he, he said it, it it's no big deal. Like it's a small amount of money. I could pay him back. And I thought, and I will, because I'm going to learn how to do this and I'm going to make the money they told me I'm going to make. And I did like very, very quickly. Uh, it was paid back and then, you know, went on from there. Uh, but, you know, it was kind of funny, though, those people that got me started, got me excited. You know, years later, they were gone. They were still back at their daytime job and, and never did really expand into financial services. But I loved it. I remember phoning them up going, okay, I, you know, I need to make some points. I got people lined up. When, what time do you have? When do you have time? When do you have time? When do you have time? And they're going, whoa, 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 and I got to do this. And I got life too. And, da, da, da. and I'm going, well, then give me somebody else. It's like, I'm going, you know. <laughs> and, you, uh, you were gung-ho and you were, you know, in my language, unstoppable but you were you were uh you understood what it was going to take and you were unafraid of reaching out and 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 doing the work which is very much getting in front of people right it was yeah, yeah. It, it was. so do you think you were a natural born salesperson uh i well i don't think people are naturally born but uh, I'm very much a social person mm -hmm. and I like getting to know people. I love getting to know people. And so that part was easy for me. But, you know, for years, Amir, I never got any credit for being that kind of person because you're not you're not uh, given no pat on the head for being a social person in school that there's downsides to that. You're given a pat on the head to be the nice little quiet kid who doesn't do any. You're not challenging and you're good in school and all that kind of stuff. And I was that person i'm just an average c student and i really didn't like people telling me what to do so i wasn't the one who was going like oh pick me, pick me. you know what i mean so i was never a teacher's pet yeah. um and and it didn't didn't matter to me and 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 i remember having a conversation with the teacher later in life who actually passed me in his class with that 50 just to get me out of there it was a social studies <laughs> class which I hated and it was like didn't matter how hard I studied I can get about 50 and ran into him later in life because he kind of hung out with my brothers they came to the city to uh ride our football games and I said to him because my brothers were bragging about how successful I was and this was just when I was a financial advisor and and I said did you ever think that I would turn out to be a success one day and he said well you know and he had this long beard you know Edna he said, I always thought if you could find something where you could use your social skills, yeah, that you could do well. But nobody teaches you that you can get a, a financial planning career because of your social skills. Like that's not that's not a yeah. mark on your report card. You know? I think it's so interesting. I've heard so many people say, you know, if you want a good salesperson, hire the C student, right? And and it's fascinating. Like, what is that? What is the trait? And they were people who weren't like working for the grade. They were a little bit of the rule breakers, right? They're, they're, they're willing to take a little bit more risk and they are paying attention to all this auditory stuff that's going on, all this social stuff, all the people stuff. Interesting. There's probably more to it than that, but I'm always triangulating well, well, information you, you know there. You know where you can really get some information on that? And it made so much sense to me when I read it. Robert Kiyosaki wrote mm. a book and it's my favorite book. Why do A students work for C students and B students work for the government? And I love that book because it was like, hey, I was a classic C student. And when I read his book, it went, 
check mark, check mark, check mark. I was a classic C student. I didn't care about getting yeah. 80s and 90s. Yeah. I honestly did not care. Uh, I didn't like it if I got 50s, but if I was in the average in the middle yeah. and I got to have fun and do what I enjoyed, you know, I might, but yeah, that's where sales is key because yeah. you want to have fun in your work. You want to be optimistic. You want to share things. And, and I loved learning the stuff I wanted to learn. Yeah. Not necessarily all the crap that I thought I'm never going to use that. Like, why don't See, I, I have that. I have the word was one and then people were killed. I don't need to know yeah. that stuff. You know, I had the reverse experience. I was that a student, right? Mm-hmm. I was the one that cared about all that. And I had to really learn how to get over the, like caring what other people thought and working for the grade and dotting the I's and crossing the T's and all of that. I had to really come mm-hmm. out of my shell and okay. I was always interested in people, right? And I always cared about people, but like learning sales as a skill, that was, that was you know, much more challenging for, yeah. for me. But once I'm, you know, mastery is, is an ongoing process, oh, but, you know, but is. once I got better at it, then I realized how rewarding it was. I had a total reframe of what I made it mean, which was, you know, this is how I help people right? This is how I make their lives better by helping them. That was a total reframe for me. And then I could get behind it. So it's a big breakthrough. Yeah. Okay. So what's next in the story of Edna Keith? Like, where does she go next? So, um, you know, I kind of got stagnant in, because like I said, I hit a goal that was way beyond what I ever could fathom for myself. My goal was a hundred grand a year. And my uh, second year as financial advisor, I hit 187 and Woo-hoo. then to 250. And then it stayed, stayed around there, fluctuated between, you know, 225 and 300, that sort of thing. But it never really got any further. And now, was I that because, thought, was that because you couldn't see yourself going further or yeah. In okay. that career, yes. I realized after it was that career, it was like this, the next level of stuff I needed to do. I just wasn't interested in studying it. But when I found real estate, then it was a different story. And then even then I got to a certain level in real estate and it was like, yeah, I don't want to study that anymore. Now I coach and train people and I love it. So I feel like every single thing that I went through my life brought me to this coaching and training part and I'm really good at it. But, but not, I'm not teaching people to go buy, you know, 500 units at a time. I'm teaching people to buy their first or second and third multifamily building, which is right in my wheelhouse. We've bought, you know, plenty ourselves and we stick with, stuck with the smaller units mainly till we started dealing with different partners who took me larger, but I don't have to do all the day-to-day stuff. Um, I have partners that do that. And I still get to do my most fun part, which is the socializing part, teaching and training and, and talking to uh, to people like that, helping them buy their first two or three buildings and getting them kind of on their path to what can be next. And and that's that's what I love. I feel like everything that I've ever done has brought me to this point in my life. Yeah, isn't that interesting? When you get to a place, then you can connect the d- dots you know, right. You can look backwards and go, Oh, that, that makes sense. I needed to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I needed to go through those challenges. So one of the things that I get, I try to ask myself as quickly as possible, whenever stuff's happening that I'm not liking, it's like, why is this happening for me? Like, what, what is my takeaway here? Because the faster you can adopt that kind of an attitude, it's not, you know, wallowing in self-pity and whatever else, because I don't care who you are, if you're growing and changing and, and doing great things, 
there's crap happening to you all the time. Yeah. You, know? you and, just have and- to learn to deal with it. It's a, it's a perspective. It's the law of relativity. It's like, is the universe happening for you or against you? And it's like this, it, it really needs to be this binary distinction. Like this is my stance. I either think the world's against me or the world is for me. Yeah. And if you think the world is for you and you think that a hundred percent of the time, then, you know, in business, there's going to be waves. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be things that come now. Yeah. Why is this happening for me? And that, that creates a completely different perspective. Then you're, then you're looking for the lesson in it. Then you're looking for how you can grow. Then you're looking for how you can leverage it. Yeah. So much of the time when I'm working with my clients and something, you know, some chaos happens, some, some big, you know, thing has just like sideswiped them. Yeah. And I'm like, well, look at this and this and this and this. And like the, just that outside lens and the perspective on it, then they're like, oh my God, this is, this is how I'm actually going to scale, right? This is how, this is actually an opportunity rather than a challenge, but it really takes that mindset. So my next question for you is how did you learn that? Did you, did you, cause I studied, I studied this material. I had to, I had to be the, the A student with this, this mindset stuff and like go deep and be like, Oh, that's what that means. And Oh, that's what that means. And then hold myself to the higher standard of of like, not just thinking about it, but applying it. it. Did you, did you learn that on your own or did you study the mindset pieces along with the tactical, like how to be a financial planner and how to do the real estate? The definitely study the mindset pieces and I study it more and more every day because I believe that that's what takes you to every single level. I would say new level, new double, and doesn't matter where you are. If you're going to the next level, and I think we're always meant to be setting new goals, new goals and challenge ourselves. When you're going there, you got to change. You got to change your self-image. You got to change the way that you think. You got to change the way you do things. And it's not, it's not easy, but it, it's it's so much more fun than getting stuck at the same level for like eight years in a row, you know? Yeah, like so let's talk about that. Like when you were in that eight years, okay, which is a long time when you think about it, right? Yeah. I mean, you weren't, you weren't struggling. You were doing well. You were at that 250 yeah. level. But what was that? What was the kinesthetic, emotional experience of that? How did you handle was it, was, were you happy go lucky? Like, okay, I'm making good money, but I'm just here. Or were you frustrated well, with playing you know, at that same level? There was a lot of other stuff going on in my life. Like I got married, I had two more kids, you know? So it was like, oh, this fits in really nice with my life. Got like it. I was down to working three days a week, eventually two days a week. I never, I never did go back full time after my two girls were born. They're 19 and 17 now. And, and, you know, and it was just like, well, this just fits. But, you know, once they started growing up and, and getting more independent and stuff, then it was like, Ooh, yeah, I don't want to go back there full time. What else can I do? And that's when I was introduced to real estate. And that's how we started getting into real estate. And uh, we ended up owning 50 doors in 18 months. And, uh, and, and, and it was huge for us because our goal, our huge goal that we thought we set was 50 doors in, I don't know, five, 10 years. We didn't care. We thought that was so huge that we didn't even know if we'd ever reach it. But when we hit it in 18 months, it was like, hmm, there's something here. And it was fun. And I was, you know, and it was so different and it was so creative. And, and it was, you know, you're, you're, 
dealing with investors and you're dealing with billings, you're dealing with partners and you're around like-minded people. And all of a sudden I was with a whole group of people that were growing and changing and learning and, you know, and it was like, wow, I love this. You know, how, how did I get stuck there for eight years? I remember feeling like that when I first got, but not for the last few years. It was kind of like, da, da, da. I didn't want da, da, da anymore. I wanted some excitement in my life and to do stuff and be a, be a mover and a shaker again, sort of thing. Yeah, be more that entrepreneurial spirit yeah. instead of just like punching a clock a little bit. I love that. Yeah. I love that. So you went into this business with your husband. Is that the we? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And let's talk about closing the gap on time, right? You set a goal and you did that faster than you ever thought possible, which is like what I sell, like you can do this. So let's break it down. So you set a goal and then what did you do next? Like you obviously were learning and studying and you were taking action, but what were the, what were the things that you had to really work through? Like, give me a mindset piece and give me a tactical piece that you had to really work through to, to close the gap on time, to do that faster. Well, you know what? Uh, hired a coach for was one thing, yeah. and they they had already done what we were trying to do, so they took a lot of fear away. And also, we partnered with somebody who had already done more than than like they had twenty doors, I think, when we partnered with them. So they also took a lot of our fear away because it was like you know we'd say, well, what about this? And they'd have an answer. Well, what about this? And they'd have an answer. It's like, yeah, no, you don't have to worry about that. I don't have to worry about that. No, you've done. It. Oh. Okay. And then you so just that cut have, down on the spin so much, like totally. all the unknowns you yes, just kind of like move through. Yeah. Okay. And now I feel like I'm that person for my students and my clients is I'm taking all that unknown because I've done it. And yeah, you haven't done it, but I'm right here. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you through all those steps that you need to take. And you don't need to know the 150 steps you need to take. It's just, let's just work on the first few, because sometimes I think if people realized how many steps they had to go through and, and, and to get where they ended up, you look back and say, would I sign up for that again? Yeah, we might not. <laughs> We might not sign up yeah. for that. But wouldn't you? I mean, I, I would. I yeah. absolutely would. Yeah. Right. But but if you told somebody, if yeah. you're signing up somebody new, so say for myself, bring in a new coaching student, and I'm saying, you know, you could have 778 doors in 14 years, but this is going to happen. You're going to lose out on deals that you wanted so bad. You're going to have investors get mad at you. You're going to have deals that go bad and go wrong. You're going to have tenants who just totally trash your place. And you're going to, you know, fight with the ORT over security deposits. And, you know, all this list of stuff. If you told everybody everything, they'd go, yeah, no, I'm not signing. That sounds like a mess. Why would you, why would you want to do that? That's crazy. Well, because if you didn't, it, and if you didn't do it, like I used to, when people even tell me stories about that, when I first met them, I would just, they would make it funny. Like they would tell the stories. Oh yeah. And then we did this and we did that. Da, 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 and this happened, that happened. I, I just laughed. Oh, I want to keep knowing you. And, and, you know, I didn't take it to heart as like how devastating that could be to have a $10,000 damage to your property, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and people, if, if they're thinking of, you know, putting $10,000 into a coaching program and they, and they think of a $10,000 damage to their business, building. Well, you know, in the meantime, we'd, we'd bought properties that were making us a thousand dollars a month. So that 10,000 wasn't that devastating, you know, it hurt because it's just the idea, but you're also making money from many other ways. So it and don't you find that those challenges that you've moved through have 
like, at least for me, they have allowed me to be so much stronger and confident and resilient and, and actually like love myself so much more because I now know I can handle anything. Can handle right? a lot more than you ever thought. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and so that makes it like, oh, oh, that's amazing. And having the tools going through it to know, you know, this is not going to be devastating. This is, this is just, this is part of the road. Right. And, and learning that mistakes, temporary setbacks, temporary failures are not the, I think when I started, they meant so much more to me that the, the, the small things were just like so crushing. And I had to really learn that's not, I had to change my perspective. That's not a big deal. Yeah, actually. And, and you can't, you can't, my experience is that you can't, um, skip that step. You have to actually go through it yourself. It's easier with a mentor, but you have to be someone who, who goes through it to actually understand that you are resilient. You are capable. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. change and it I, for and the I world. I can handle. Yeah, I can handle. Yeah. I can handle a lot. And and you know, one of the things I found that really allowed me to handle a lot was taking up meditation. You know, oh, nice. practicing meditation. Yeah. Uh, I just found that, like, at one period of my life, it was just growing leaps and bounds. And I look back and realize, yeah, that's when I really learned about meditating. And, yeah. What and kind of meditation really do you do? Um, you know, I started with a program called Holosync because I was one of those oh, people that just yeah. couldn't sit. And they said, no, you don't have to sit. You can like listen as you fall asleep in, at night or listen as you're waking up in the morning. Or And, and it works because the way that these sounds are hitting your brain, it's putting you into a meditative state that otherwise it would take you like an hour to get into. And, uh, and, and it did work. Like I followed their protocol for like five years straight and I absolutely loved it. Recommended it to many, many, many people. Yeah, no, I love Holosync. Yeah. That's did not do it for five years, but that's great. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's no longer alive. What was his name? Bill something. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Okay, so and you he did- was challenged, super challenged. Like if you ever listen to his story, man, he had a lot of crap he went through in his I life. I don't know his story. He had to learn to meditate. <laughs> he had a lot of challenges, but a lot of good came out. Again, if he hadn't had such a challenging life, he probably wouldn't have did so much with it, you know, yeah. to help help himself first and then help others. Yeah, really fantastic. What? How did you phase out of meditating, or did you just move into? I still else? meditate. I just don't uh, use the uh, Holosync program. There's okay. just been a whole kind bunch of other ones that have come come along that I've used, and now I just, I just, I, I can zone in and out very easily. I uh, love it. I love it. Control, That's so. fantastic. Any other tools that you'd like to share with the the audience that you think have been instrumental to your success? You've talked about um, mentors, you've talked about meditation, you've, you've, uh, talked about the hustle, right? Like making it work, not looking too far ahead, taking those first steps. What other, what other, uh, key pieces have been part of your journey? I think focus is a big one too, because I see what I, what I see happens a lot. Like there's a, there's so many different ways, especially in our world in real estate, there's so many different ways to make money in real estate. So people will start a course and then the work will come and they'll start looking elsewhere. They'll start watching YouTube videos and listening to other webinars. And it's like, yeah, that that looks easier. Mm. And they will. So then they'll start down that path. Then they'll realize yeah, that's kind of hard too. 
And in the meantime, they'll start watching more YouTube videos and webinars. And then they start down the third path and they, they never really get anywhere because they, they don't pick something to just focus on. Uh, so when people start to work with me, I tell them like, stop all that. Quit searching for the next quick, easy way. Because you know what? Every single one of them, every single strategy you're going to learn is going to take a while to master. And, and none of them are easier than the other. Because I, I looked at them all. Like I looked at wholesaling and I looked at, you know, notes and all that. Every single one of them has a learning curve. Do the learning curve. And then if you want to add something on, add it on. But don't buy a course, shelf it, and think the next one's going to be easier because it's not. It's not yeah. going to be easier. Um, you know, maybe there's times when you might buy a course and go, yeah, that's not for me. That happens. It happened to me many times. But you still have to pick a focus and then focus on it because otherwise you're all over the map and you don't ever really get anywhere. Yeah. Do you, th do you feel like you did that with your financial planning career as well? With the, yeah, with the financial planning, like, cause there's again, so many different ways you could go. And I just decided to focus on mutual funds and uh, a little bit of life insurance. I didn't do a ton of life insurance. I like right. the growth part of the mutual funds. And, um, and, and then I also like the, the long-term buy and hold multifamily and real estate. So, but it took us a while to pick a focus too. Like it took us a year before we uh, decided on which strategy we wanted to focus on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. Are your are your daughters getting in on the real estate business? Not so much. You know, they're more uh, artsy fartsy. So they they think they uh, they want to be hairdressers or nail techs or you know stuff like that. Yet, mm -hmm. uh, but we always tell them, you know what, you're going to have to own real estate to keep your lifestyle because they've had a pretty good lifestyle. You <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. And and they're pretty young. Yeah, one is a two or seventeen. So I have a foster daughter too, and one is nineteen. So the nineteen year old just graduated, and she's waitressing right now, which she loves. She's very social, but she also has her life insurance license. Because I said to her, that is a good place to learn. And it's also social as well. So good place to learn how to sell. Because I, I think learning how to sell is really key in the world. Yeah. And do you find that your daughters that um, are older that you had when you were younger, that they have a different perspective? Like, did they, did they learn different things from you than the, the ones that are, you know, 17 and 19 and grew up with more money, right? Like my, my women are always like yeah. a little like hate love with the money thing. Like, is it going to change me? Is it going to make me into someone I'm not like, talk a little bit about what happens with money and, and having a family. You, you spoke a little bit about like, it's nicer to like have the time and like yeah. not have to be so stressed. Yeah. Uh, were there ever any concerns about raising well, my, family with, with lots of money? loves my girls like she they're they're to this day they're very close they see yeah. they get together all the time they see each other all the time but there's a little bit of jealousy there it's like mm. yeah you guys get to take trips you guys both have nice cars I never got any of that yeah. you know and she doesn't take it out on them but she gives me a little bit of hassle about it. Like, well, yeah. why can't I as a 40 year old like, get a car too? Well, it doesn't work like that. Like you're out on your own now. It's just, yeah. just different. And, and, you know, I wish I could have, but I just couldn't, but you know, there's things that she went through that made her a great person today that our girls are maybe a little bit more sheltered, a little bit more uh, coddled than, than she was. So it's all relative in the long run. You know, I, I read a book recently and it said, you don't do your kids any favors, like keeping them at home till they're 25 and not letting them out into the real world. And you know what? We're very much like that with the youngest ones. It's like, no, we don't want you to go. We just want you to stay here. And yet at the same time, 
because like we all get along so good at the same time it's you know you you realize you're not doing them any favors because they 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 don't go through as many challenges like my two youngest especially have not had anything like the challenges I had as a young person you know and you want to protect them, but then you also like, how are they going to be resilient in life if they don't have some, some challenge to, to overcome and move yes. through? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And sometimes I, I worry that I take their, the drive away that, that I ended up with. And then at other times, especially 19 year olds who starting to get in the workforce, like she, she, she sits beside me on my sales training calls. She reads Think thinking go rich or the power of the subconscious mind. And she's getting stuff that I wasn't even introduced to till much later in life, yeah. like not even introduced to. And she's getting all that at 19. She, she sets goals to get, high tips at her work and she sets goals to go to a new restaurant that has even the ability to get more tips like she thinks like that I I couldn't even think like that when I was at her age I was like oh I was just happy to have an office job right enough to work on weekends you know 14 bucks an hour you know and she's like oh I make mom I make as much on I make more on tips than I do on my wage and and she's always trying to best herself not yeah. so much the others but best herself and and when she gets uh kudos from her manager oh mom look at this and she shows me that it's only they said about me on the face you're proud mama that's yeah. awesome i and love it 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 and but it's so nice to see and that was the difference i wasn't going through that growth path when i had my my oldest so yeah. she didn't get that mom either she, this one's got that mom that can help with some of that uh, direction you know read this book go be part of this right, right. Yeah. and and confidence is a big thing that you've talked about a lot how did how do you feel like you help your clients build their confidence and how did you help your daughter build her confidence is it is it really about like presenting I'm a big you know study person thinking for rich power of some conscious mind right like all of that but is there are there tactical things that you help people with as well in terms of confidence? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, even simple things like meditating, saying affirmations to yourself, like, like I always tell you, you know, you, you have to uh, know, like, and trust yourself before other people are going to know, like, and trust you. So a lot of it is, is building up a self-image that you want to be. And, and I always say the number one way to do that is to be around people you want to be like, like, don't take advice from people who haven't done what you want to do. You know, that's why I love what you're doing, Amira, you know, you're showing people the way you're helping people and you're showing them what worked for you. And, and they might, other people are never going to take the exact same path we did, but if they could pick this from my talk and this one from somebody else's talk and, and, and Amir always says this, you know, and inter- start to internalize that and realize that they've got the same ability that we have, they just need to hone their skills and, and understand the mindset and, and be open to, to what's going to come their way and not, not, and to start to think, why is this happening for me instead of to me? You know? Totally. I love that. I love that. That's fantastic. Okay. So before we, before I ask you my last question, where can people find you? There's your URL behind you in the, the video, yeah, but if people website, are listening, yeah. yeah. And if people are listening, uh, where would they go? 
the just ednakeep.com is my website. My email address is edna at ednakeep.com. And I do, I do a lot of free stuff. I'm on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn, all that kind of stuff. So on any platform that they, as their favorite, I'm there. I just have to Google my name and they'll find me. And uh, yeah, if, if they ever want to chat, I'm open to that too. Awesome. I love it. Fantastic. Okay. So my last question for you is what makes you an unstoppable woman? You know what? I have a belief in myself that I can do whatever I set my mind to. And I know that because of what I've done, you know, like going from a single mom earning at $14 an hour to two, that was the biggest gap for me. Knowing I could get there just makes me realize I can get really anywhere I want to go. But I also realize it doesn't come by saying I'm gonna and just thinking about it. There's steps that have to happen. So not only does your mindset have to grow, your skill set has to grow. So you have to understand strategies and you have to do the work. You have to do, you have to do the mental and the mindset work, and you have to get better at what you do all the time. Yeah. Mindset plus skill set, So huge. You put yeah. those two things together and you really take action. Yeah. Rocket fuel. Love yeah, it. Exactly. Love it. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us. Edna. I My just want to like share some reflections with you. Your, your energy is contagious. You're so enthusiastic. You're very generous with your stories and how um, you, you talk about the, the truth, you know, like maybe I'm coddling my kids, you know, what do I do here? Like maybe <laughs> that this is what I'm doing, you know, and yeah, this yeah. is different. And I think it, it makes you uh, that much more of a trustworthy person to, to the world, to be mm -hmm. able to hear your story and, and understand that you went from being a single mom at 16, making $14,000 a year to, I don't know, maybe you should share, share with us. Cause I didn't actually ask you this question, what your portfolio is worth now, right? 75 million, 75 million guys. Okay. This is 78 doors. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and this is, this is someone who has done both mindset and skill set. She's such a great example of, of doing both and working both in parallel and, and that persistence and that focus. So mm -hmm. thank you so much for being here and being my a fabulous pleasure, guest. Amira. It's yeah. my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. Hey there, I hope you thoroughly enjoyed that episode. If you're ready to take it to the next level and want to make your income breakthrough, then I am personally inviting you to join us at the Unstoppable Woman Income Breakthrough Summit. It is happening November 5th, 6th, and 7th. And I would love to have you there, especially if you're someone who is high achiever, but hitting a block. I want to show you how to master your marketing, master your mindset and master scaling your business and growing it to the next level. This is a three day immersive event. I will be the only one teaching you and you'll get me for three full days. This is the place that people make their breakthrough and I would hate for you to miss it. And I would love for you to be there. So please check it out at joinamiralive.com and I'll see you there.